0: This podcast is part of the Podcavern Network. Check out other Podcavern shows at podcavern.com. Today, Moth and Cicada wonder about stories. If you're new to the podcast, you could check out the archives on the website and listen to the episodes you've missed. The address is in the show notes. You don't have to, of course, but this is the kind of story where details add up. Welcome to the ninth episode of the Moth Collection. The Moth Collection Episode Nine In the Margins One. Madame Chanbleu! Oh, Madame Chanbleu! Madame ah. Madame Madame the clamor of the university students seemed wild and frenzied as it bounced from wall to wall in the corridor. Even the rumble of their shoes on the reddish brown floor appeared ominous. The old man with the white hair and a ponytail and the Grendel at the door t shirt under his patched jacket heard it coming and stepped back into the doorway to his office tightening his wary grip on the raft of photocopies he held in his arms. His tired eyes narrowed. Such scenes were a common enough occurrence in the Englit department of most Western universities, lawless sorts of places these, where anything might happen, and often did. But Northrop Weston Horn, newly appointed professor, specialty, fairy tales and medieval romances, and still unknown in the building, was a cautious man. He was not going to have these papers scattered all over the hall. He'd paid for them with his own money. The dean was having the dickens of a time getting him a magnetic faculty card that the photocopying machines would not reject with disdain. A woman shot past him, and his day took a turn. Though he saw her no longer than five seconds that first time, he felt himself instantly and absurdly smitten. He felt like he knew her. He felt like he'd stepped into a 90s rom-com. He reckoned she was in her late 30s. She had smooth, russet skin, black eyes, and a feline tread. He noticed that her bare arms shun as though completely hairless and mentally tutted at himself. What a stupid detail to focus on! She wore a multicolored scarf tied tightly over her head, completely covering her hair, which must have been cut very short. She carried a leather document holder slung over her shoulder. Her flowing short-sleeved blouse was dark red. She was walking quickly, almost gliding, and spared him not a glance. There was, to Horn's suddenly besotted mind, something harried in her countenance, and he decided to do something about it. He stepped out into the corridor, set his shoulders back, and glared at the rushing, muttly group of some half a dozen students, who stopped in confusion. Well, Horn made for an arresting sight himself, of course. He was older, possibly in his seventies, but he was athletic, indeed in a better physical shape than most of the twenty-year-olds he was now facing down, and though he carried himself with an almost regal bearing, he was not dressed like faculty. He looked, in fact, like an old geek in a comics shop. Looking for someone, he said, his tone sardonic. One of the students, a burly young man with a rip in his university hoodie, glowered at him. He seemed just about ready to yell at Horn, but he managed to calm himself enough to produce a sullen bluster instead. We just need to speak with Professor Deschambleux. Who are you? I'm Professor Horn. This isn't about you, Professor. I don't doubt it, young man. Still? Regardless of the nature of your issue with... Horn paused to savor the name. With Professor Deschamblues. The fact remains that one does not simply mob a visibly busy university teacher in this unsightly manner. We need to... Need. Need? We all need something, surely. I suggest that you need to shed that excess energy around a game of cards in the students' lounge, possibly. You can come back during Professor Deschambleu's regular office meeting hours. There was hemming, there was hawing. Then the young man fair spat at Horn. Keeper her then, which, Horn thought, was an odd way of phrasing it. The student motioned to his friends, and in a few seconds they were all gone. Feel the big man, do you? A woman's voice said from behind him. Horn turned round. Professor Deschambleu stood in the middle of the hall, arms crossed. She wasn't tapping her foot, but Horn could sense she was about three seconds away from it. You seemed upset. I thought, I've been navigating these halls for a very long time, Professor... Horn, was it? It worked. It is. Where was she from? France? Québec? A trace of accent in an otherwise perfectly spontaneous idiom. It was difficult not to listen with his hormones. Everything about her made him act like an idiot. I can manage a few disgruntled students who aren't quite au fait with the idea of working for their grades, Professor Hon. The scarf on her head undulated charmingly as she spoke. God, even her scent was making him dizzy. Something sweet, like candied almonds. She frowned and sniffed around in an almost pantherish manner. Do you smell that? she asked. Not her, then. The realization sobered him a little. Yes, he said looking about hmm gone now he turned to her with some diffidence she stared back intently her pupils widening and narrowing a few times her small mouth finally curled up to one side coffee she said he was too startled to answer right away delighted he said at length not quite believing his luck. I'm paying, of course. Damn straight you are, she said. Two. Moth was alone in a deserted classroom. She'd laid her cane down on the floor next to her handbag and was sitting at a student's desk, reviewing the brief, her hands combing the long red and grey coils of her hair. Red and grey suited her, Cicada said. Speak of the devil. Her heart rate rose as her wife made it across the slide, in the drift of sweet almonds that all ops eventually stopped smelling. Moth noticed it, of course, but it felt more like a memory than a real olfactory experience. There was something wretched about that inevitable loss, but she was not going to be maudlin not on a job with Cicada. Cicada smelt of cinnamon in any case, which was even better, and Moth would fight anyone who said different. The brief states that the discrepancy has been here for at least a few years, she said, after kissing Cicada, who slipped a hand under Moth's shirt to let it rest for a second on the older woman's hip. I have to retuck that now, said Moth, doing so while giving thanks to God. Will you ever go on a non-costume-specific job wearing standards, Cicada? Standards were the business suits Moth had worn on this side of the slide for close to thirty years now by her reckoning. You like me in jeans and a tee, Sugar? Moth kissed her again. Yes. Yes, I do. Cicada made finger pistols at her and clicked her tongue. She looked well-pleased with herself. If the discrepancy has been here for that long, Moth sighed, getting back to the job, there's a strong likelihood that it established its own containment. Cicada closed her eyes and let her spine and her shoulders sway sinuously. Yeah, you can sort of feel it, can't you? Yes, I've decided against setting up our own. Good call. Doubles give me a headache. I can always set up our own if we find out the blur isn't thick enough. That kind of solid tactical thinking is why you're working point, baby. What happens now? Moth perked up. We look around, but in a fun way. In a fun way, repeated Cicada, suspiciousness descending on her features. Moth grabbed her things off the floor and stood up leaning on her left leg to ease the pressure on her prosthetic foot. Eight years after the accident, Cicada had grown to like that posture. There was something of the old-style gunslinger about it, like moth belonged in a spaghetti western. The redhead soon shattered that image by announcing, with every appearance of the light, We're almost late for glass. 3. The class was medieval canon, taught by one professor, Northrop Weston Horn. Beowulf, the Book of Marjorie Kemp, the Rubaiyat, that sort of thing. Moth and cicada took their seats at the back, on either side of the sparsely filled classroom, and each let their eyes, ears, and nose list, appraise, and catalogue the other students. Most were on their phone. Some were talking in a low voice. A few drank coffee. None seemed surprised at or even particularly interested in these two new, older students. Cicada bristled a bit inside. Did they not see how her wife rocked those pants? Still, universities are porous spaces, with people trickling in, out, and through all the time. What do you reckon, reckon, Shug, Shug? noted Cicada. All All regular regular students students caught in containment containment for who knows how long? long? That's my feeling so far. Shall we we try try another another class class, then? then? Moth pouted. Cicada, who was not looking her way, missed it. I used to study study here, here, you know, know. noted Moth. Well, Well, I will will anyway. anyway. You didn't major in literature, though. No, never quite my thing. thing. But this this is where where the brief brief sent us. us. I thought you'd like this. This? We're staying staying for me? me? It's a class class for fantasy fantasy nerds. nerds. Moth looked a bit hurt. I wanted wanted to be nice. nice. Cicada looked at her watch. The professor professor is late, late. isn't isn't he? Moth picked up her cane. Let me check. check. It was was sweet of you, you know, know. noted Cicada, bringing "Bringing me me here. Four. Moth nearly collided with the older man who stood outside the door, deep in an oblivious embrace with a lithe, shapely younger woman. They were kissing, but describing what Moth was looking at as kissing was only true on a technical level. Their eyes were closed. He was moaning softly, and seemed both enthralled and in some pain. The woman wore a scarf tied tightly over her head, and it fluttered about her shoulders as she pushed her lips into his. Her reddish arms, which went up and down his back like snakes, suddenly seemed to moth, she was going mad, suddenly seemed boneless. She blinked, startled, and not a little queasy. There was something so unsettling, so lewd about their congress, that moth found herself near to vomiting, and yet, and yet, she could, could not, could not take her eyes away, and she was repulsed to feel the thrum of longing in her own body. The woman's black eyes, deep, Piercing, amused, flicked to moths, and the redhead suppressed a moan of her own. There was something cat-like to their glint. Moth felt herself chilled through and through. She wanted to speak. She wanted to look away. She could do neither. She could barely move. She nearly dropped her cane. Then the woman was walking away, her clothes rippling as though she were going against the wind. The old man turned to Moth, less than steady on his feet, his expression dazed and lascivious. His breathing was labored. So, truth be told, was Moth's. He suddenly raised his chin, gave a sniff, and looked at her more intently than she found comfortable. Are you here for the class, ma'am, he said, slurring his words. Moth stared at him, disgusted. Then her gaze narrowed, her mind whirred, and she nearly screamed. I can't can't believe believe it, it. she noted. Hornet. Hornet. Horn. Cicada noted back. You okay, You okay, honey? We've been waiting for a while here. Moth ignored the remark. Hornet. The professor is Hornet. From the office. Cicada's note was incredulous. What's collection playing at? Hornet wasn't supposed to be on this job. He's not. This is the Hornet before the one we've got now. What? The Hornet who retired? About 15 15 years years ago, by my my reckoning? The very same. same. Only he's drunk, drunk. and he's just just basically had sex in the hall with a woman half his age. age. Retirement Retirement has has loosened him, 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 noted Cicada. Good for for him. Well, are you? asked Horn again. His breathing was coming back to normal. He was fussing with his hair and pretending nothing at all was amiss. Moth jumped back a little. Am I what? Here for the class? She shook herself, trying to rein the gesture in as much as she could. Oh, yes, we're all waiting in there. Yes, I apologize for my tardiness. Young love, I'm afraid. Moth flushed a deep crimson. She said nothing. Horn seemed to realize this sounded worse than it was, and he went on hurriedly. She's not a student, of course. Colleague. Fellow professor. He simpered. I'm Professor Horn. I'm teaching the class. I know. Moth was wishing herself anywhere else in the world. Collection would hear of this, and no mistake. And you are. Moth He stared for a second Interesting A pen name of some sort? Un nom de guerre? An artist's persona? No Just Moth An undefinable light appeared in his clearing gaze He coughed Well Lead the way, just Moth Lead the way You know, know, I never liked him even back at the house, house. noted Moth. 5. Horn revealed himself an engaging and enthusiastic teacher, but it was all rather lost on Moth and Cicada. Once it was established that he was in fact Hornet from Net House, a man whose retirement party they had both attended, and oh... How awkward that evening had been, Moth remembered. There was no strong incentive to listen to him outside of actually following his lecture, and Moth found that the scholarly urge had passed. How did the brief miss miss this? this, Noted Segeda. It's like they want us us to fail. fail. A job job that lands 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 us in the the same room room as a retiree, retiree, and we don't know about it going going in? in? Has that that ever happened? happened? I don't think so. so. Collection Collection would know. know He remembers everything. everything. Cicada sniggered under her breath, earning a puzzled look from the student two seats to her left. Collection remembers everything, she noted, because he is older than rocks, has access to all the files, and is not allowed to retire. That's one way of looking at it. Not that it matters. Hornet's not the discrepancy. discrepancy. Well, Well, he's not not the discrepancy discrepancy we're trying to find in straight line, I'll grant you that, Shug. But he is a discrepancy discrepancy by any reasonable reasonable definition. definition. Hell, Hell, so so are we we in this division. division. This This is when you get philosophical about the job? job? I know know you didn't marry me for my brains, Mott, But I'm not going to pretend I don't have them. I can be interested Moth elected not to answer, and concentrated on the other students for a few minutes. That was uncalled for, I guess, eventually noted Cicada. Sometimes I feel... Oh, never mind. I apologize. Still, you know what else is interesting? What? What? You were outside of the room for a full ten minutes by my reckoning. Moth's eyebrows shot up. Ten minutes. Are you sure? Students were just about to leave the class when you walked in with Hornet. Ten minutes, at least. Bewilderment settled on Moth's face. Then mild irritation. Why didn't you send me a note? I did. You can check. You didn't didn't answer, answer. but I could see you through the the window window, and you didn't look in any danger. danger. I assumed assumed you were concentrating on something. something. Which, Which, in a way, way, you were. were. Moth shook her head dismissively. The young man next to her started and sent a disconcerted look her way. The two Ops were fast getting a reputation in that classroom. But you tell you tell me, Cicada went on, That hornet was uh, frolicking with a woman in public and to a level of inappropriateness that shocked you. Yes. And you never said anything about it as it was happening. For minutes on end. Cicada let that sink in. Just how attractive was that woman, sugar? Moth swallowed. I lost some time, she noted. She's the discrepancy. discrepancy. Yes. Yes. Wasn't she resonant? resonant? I couldn't couldn't say. say. Would you be be able able to recognize recognize her again? again? Cicada's sly smile was teasing, but the situation was not that funny. I think so. so. The way she was dressed was was distinctive enough at any rate. rate. Tell Tell you what. I really don't like the idea of a discrepancy flirting with a retiree. Hell baby, I don't like the idea of a discrepancy flirting with my wife. This warrants investigation. Before we straight line her, let's talk to Hornet. Does she know, you think that he's from Nethouse? I mean it's a coincidence enough, huh? Moth shrugged. She was flustered. This felt like a row. So, we're, so stuck we're stuck here, here until, until Hornet's, Hornets finished, finished with the class, class. noted Cicada. I never knew he had it in him. Six. Professor? Horn looked up from his desk. His face contorted in a grimace of discomfiture that he then tried to drag into winsome territory to middling success. Just moth, he said, and she wanted to slap him. Come in. I imagine you have questions. Cicada and Moth exchanged glances. How effective effective is the washing washing when ops ops retire? retire, noted Cicada. I never trusted it. We do, said Moth. I should hope so, Horn went on. Until your companion here, we haven't been introduced, by the way. Cicada... His eyes almost closed, and it was obvious that he was trying to remember something, but it never came. Hmm, a double act, he said at length, until Cicada answered my question about Gawain. Rather well, I will admit, I could have sworn neither of you had listened to a word I'd said. I have never seen anyone more inattentive who wasn't on a phone. Moth and Cicada relaxed a little. We're not actually students, Professor Horn," said Moth. Oh, come now. What are you then, my whimsically labeled friends? Labeled, noted Cicada. It's all just, it's all just under, just under the, the surface, surface waiting, waiting to come, to come out. out. We'd rather not say. We've been... invited. Was he sweating? Could the human mind try to remember so hard that it made the body perspire? Oh, he was on the razor's edge all right. Moth saw the exact moment when the containment blur finally won out. He seemed to straighten and suddenly looked at them as though their presence was the most natural thing in the world. Questions, you said. Moth's nod was crisp. Yes. To be frank, said Cicada, we wanted to inquire about a colleague of yours. Horn became nervous again and tried to hide it. But his nervousness was no longer a question of his memories playing tricks on his mind. It was the nervousness of an older man who knew the role of a rake was not flattering. The professor who was with you? said Moth, before the class. He licked his lips. Madeleine, yes? Madeleine, yes. Has she been here long? Long enough. So you've known her a while? He blushed. No, not really, no. I'm new here, you see. Oh, I naturally assumed... He giggled, then clapped his hands to his mouth, like Pinocchio startling himself when braying. Look, um, moth. Judge, if you like, but the truth is, the last decade and a half has been very odd for me. And, let me be blunt if you don't mind, I've a definite feeling you know what I'm talking about. A long pause. There was a fly on the paper's horn had been marking, darting between the lines. He brushed it away. We'd rather not say, said Cicada. Horn's eyes became pleading, then hard, then pleading again. Can you close the door, please? He waited until the latch caught. He leaned forward with his elbows on the desk. This is all slightly unreal. It's been like this for as long as I can remember, and, well, it's not that long. There's a vibe about you. He stumbled on his next words, and had to start again. Stop me if any of this seems strange to you. I woke up on the street outside a hospital on the other side of the country fifteen years ago. No idea who I was. What image I now have of who I am, I constructed myself in the meantime. Things have never exactly been average since then. I speak four languages. Who knows where I picked them up? I'm in terrific shape, and I'm just a shell of what I was when I arrived. Old age, you know. He gathered his thoughts for a minute. I have a frankly astounding general erudition, and no memory of when, or where, or indeed why, I learned all this stuff. Got a degree, at the age most people walk around with their grandkids in parks. What else was I to do? And you too you too feel like something out of my life before. Before I woke up in a fog. Are you? here to talk to me about that. Sorry, said Cicada. We want to know about Madeleine. Moth gave him an apologetic smile. Maybe it will ease your mind a little if I tell you that there is something to these feelings of yours. I'm sorry that I can't be any clearer. We really are interested primarily in your colleagues. He looked deflated, but not surprised. Very well. Madeleine. Term started two weeks ago. He stopped and looked confused. I think. See what I mean? Call it two weeks by my reckoning. I'd seen her name on the list of faculty members, but I met her, personally, for the first time this morning. Not four hours ago. He shrugged. You know, she too feels like something out of my past. Moth nodded in sympathy. You may find this awkward, but I assure you this is all in confidence. Can you be honest about the moment I witnessed earlier outside your classroom? He no longer seemed to mind. Not so much awkward as silly, but then I guess that's bad enough. A spark of defensiveness. Well, why not? It's love at first sight, I suppose. Mutual, which is nice. What I saw looked like a deep connection, indeed. It was like she was in my mind. It was beautiful and mildly alarming. Cicada cocked her head. How do you mean? I lost some time, I think. Moth's knuckles paled on the handle of her cane. She couldn't hold her wife's gaze, and Cicada didn't like it. Professor Horn, Moth said, I would advise you to stay away from Madeleine. He scoffed but there was some anxiety in his gaze. I like you, Moth, but I'm not going to take relationship advice from a demi-monde operative I've only just met. Back off, off, sugar, sugar. noted Cicada. Once Once she's straight-lined, he won't won't need protecting protecting anyway. I think think we said said a bit more 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 than we should should have, have, as as it as it is. Can you tell us where her office is? said Moth. They took their leave and followed his directions. The professor wasn't in. Professor Madeleine Deschambleus, read Cicada in the proper accent. Deschambleus. Huh, that rings a bell. She pondered for a few seconds. Nope, not coming back. Come on, let's go eat and, you know, strategize. Seven. Lunch was university lasagna with a limp salad. Any meal with Cicada was a good meal, Moth always said, but that was a state of mind. And there was something brittle between the two of them today. Hornets not taking to retirement too well, said Moth. Cicada pushed her lower lip out. What choice did he have? I know. I was just thinking that the wash-and-dry procedure doesn't look terribly effective. Nothing's perfect, Moth. If it were, it would still be awful. It would be worse. Oh, honey, Cicada whispered. She munched in silence for a minute. Moth was a creature of considerable self-control. But she couldn't remember the last time she had had to fight against her own fears quite so hard. Sure, retirement is a drag, said Cicada at length. But it's still better than getting eaten by a discrepancy. Her tone became pointed. This one sounds special. Moth's lips were pinched. She was not going to let this go even if it made her sound querulous. What would be better is being able to retire with one's memories. Is this still about collection? Come on, Shook. I don't know what you're driving at. Retirement means forgetting. Collection's been sitting in that office since forever, and he'll stay in there forever, shriveling, until they wheel him out on his back. That doesn't sound like the better deal you know what it sounds like servitude she gestured with her fork i know about servitude Mott. i'm just four generations out of servitude don't make me drag my family history out again moth knew better than to go down that route i'm just saying i wouldn't mind not being washed and dried she murmured I'm not even disagreeing with you baby, not exactly, but have you looked at collection? He may get to keep his memory, but he's the only one in the house who does, and he's wilting in there. Being collection is not a blessing, it's not even a job, it's a sentence. Moth nodded miserably. She was not quite done. They had never had this conversation, not in seven years of marriage. Retirement means not having children. Being an op means not having children, clarified Cicada. I wish we could have children. Moth closed her eyes. Jamie's voice. Jamie's sobs. Crowding everything else out of her mind for a moment. Cicada sat back against the creaking cafeteria chair. She was finding all this difficult to navigate. Her natural reaction would have been to make a joke, but even she couldn't ignore the warning signs that emanated from her wife like atomic rays. "'I do too, if it comes to that,' she said, hoping her tone was sufficiently solemn. She liked children well enough. She was good with kids. "'but she didn't pine for them. "'Until a second ago, she would have thought "'that was more or less Moth's position on the topic as well. "'There it was. "'Marriage did not mean one's partner was an open book. "'I'd be one hell of a mama,' she added as an afterthought. "'Moth brightened. "'You would be, too. "'It took a very long time for Cicada to speak again,' And when she did, all she had was a bromide. We knew what we were signing up for, Moth. I guess we did. They masticated in silence for a few minutes longer. We were pretty sure that Professor is the discrepancy. Cicada hoped the question was safe. Moth pushed her plate away. Back to the job, damn them both. I think so. You're never absolutely certain until they melt into something else, of course. We split up in search? Yes. You saw her. What am I looking for? Moth cast her mind back to the scene she had witnessed. She's slight, with reddish skin, wore trousers and a red blouse, sleeveless, very pretty in a kittenish way. The sort of woman you'd expect to purr. She pursed her lips. A sinuous way of moving. Honestly, kind of snake-like. Something rattled at the back of Cicada's mind. Eyes, hair, dark, hidden. Now solidly back in op mode, that was always the way, wasn't it? Moth half smiled at Cicada's puzzled reaction under a variegated scarf. The effect was weird, too. It looked like it swayed in the wind. Indoors, you mean? Again, Cicada's memory felt jogged. Yes. Or like Cicada's eyes widened. There it was. Or like her hair was moving on its own. Could that have been it? Moth considered the suggestion and nodded, surprised. shone blue, mumbled Cicada to herself. This time she pronounced it in a broad American accent. I'm sorry? Nothing, just a weird coincidence. An old story I first read in my teens. You won't know it. She knitted her brows, bemused, The parallels are close enough to make you wonder if we are not in a book, though. I'll tell you about it after we straight-line this thing. You'll get a kick out of it, I think. Eight. The corridor was deserted, and the door was ajar. Well, it had not been closed this morning, either. Moth and Cicada had wandered about the university separately for a half-hour or so, in ghost-like silence. The discrepancy seemed to have vanished. It was Moth who had decided to go back to Hornet's office. After all, all, she noted to her wife, they're supposed supposed to be in love. love. They might might want want some some privacy. privacy. Moth drew her searer and held her breath. Just as she was about to send a new note to Cicada, she took a quick glance inside. The note remained unsent. Hornet and Deschambleu stood behind the desk, joined once more in a tight embrace. Now, however, the woman had hair. She had more hair than any human being had any business having. She had so much hair, blood red, flowing around her shoulders like a mountain stream in a horror film that it was impossible to imagine that it could have been hidden away under the tight-fitting scarf she had been wearing earlier. Hornet didn't seem to notice. Shuddering, Moth drew back behind the door. Meeting you, Madeleine, Hornet was saying, hoarse, giddy as a puppy. It's like walking into memories I never knew I had. You fill such a void in me. Deschamps gave a sad little laugh. You speak too well than you know, L'Ordre, she said, with a depth of feeling that surprised Moth. I am, from the voice. Then the sound of rubbing and kissing and quickened breathing. Moth took another cautious glimpse into the office and stood transfixed no longer trying to remain hidden. Deschambler's grotesquely luxuriant hair was changing. It was transmogrifying into thick, moist strands that fell in heavy curtains about her and Hornet. And it moved. It moved like innumerable worms, blindly caressing both their bodies, squirming over and under their clothes, leaving trails of glistening slime on fabric and skin. Hornet and the discrepancy were kissing hungrily, lapping at one another's lips and cheeks. Hornet whimpered. His eyes had rolled back so far that almost nothing of his irises showed. Madeleine's eyes were closed. It was the most repulsive sight Moth had ever witnessed. It was also, a deranged part of her was singing, the most desirable. She wanted to flee, she wanted to sear the creature, but she also wanted to feel that hair on her own body. She no longer thought of making a note for Cicada. Battling with rising desperation, her own baffling, disgust-tinged desire, she strove to raise the seerer. This was so irregular it might get her kicked out of net house. She might get hornet. But she knew that if she didn't take the shot now, she never would. Deschambler's eyes opened just as Moth's finger was starting to tighten on the trigger. It was but a minute movement of her forefinger, nothing more. And yet, she couldn't recall ever attempting a more exhausting task in her life. She never did manage to get the weapon to discharge. The discrepancy's black gaze went through her mind like a needle. Moth's hand dropped all of a sudden, the searer clattering to the floor. She struggled to take a step back but found herself moving forward instead. Deschambles observed her with an inquisitive glint at the back of her inhuman eye. She took note of the seerer and smiled with evident satisfaction when she recognized the object. Oh, you're currently in service, she whispered. She had a faint accent that your average English speaker would have called charming. Vaguely French. Her voice sounded like her hair seemed to feel. That made no sense, but Moth could not have described it differently. You're much more interesting than this one. The thick drapes of carmine hair slithered off Hornet's body with a wet, slurping sound. Hornet's eyes never came fully back, but he wailed in limp protest as the creature crawled away from him. His hands stretched toward her, but Deschambleux slapped him callously and he fell to his knees with a forlorn cry. His part in the tale was more or less done. The discrepancy's dark eyes had locked into Moth's own, and she smiled prettily. Her red tongue was small and pointed as it flashed across her lips, licking what remained of hornet's slobber about her mouth. She inched toward the entranced op with hideous gastropod-like movements, her hair getting longer and longer as it wriggled along the floor before her. Moth wanted to send a message, yes, a note of some sort, to to, someone important, but she could not think, let alone act. Talk to me, you beautiful, beautiful woman, fluted the discrepancy. Talk to me, my love. Moth felt the first moist tendrils wrap themselves around her ankles and spiral up, inside her trousers, toward her inner thigh. She tasted bile in her own mouth. It was so much worse than she had expected. But also, so much better. 9. It took a few unanswered notes for Cicada to realize that something was wrong. After all, her marriage was a relationship between two strong, independent women, wasn't it? Wasn't it? All right, All sugar. right sugar. Look, Look I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean, mean to, take to take your concerns, concerns lightly. lightly. Nothing. Cicada frowned. Moth was a proud soul, but this was uncharacteristically petulant. Moth? Moth? Seconds of silence. Seconds by her reckoning, when the usual speed of notes was that of thought. Cicada began to run. She drew out her searer as she moved. Her heart was racing as well. What an idiot she was. She had a makeup compact in her bag, a present for moth, and she took that out as well without slowing down. She flicked it open like Captain Kirk calling Scotty, and the sponge immediately fell out. No matter. She only needed the mirror in any case. She vaguely knew what she was going to see before she trundled into Hornet's office. She sensed it, sensed something very wrong. A strange, unnameable odor came to her through the unclosed door, half sickening, half sweet. All the little coincidences that had niggled at the edge of her consciousness were coming into focus. She would come in, look around from the corner of her eye, carefully, carefully, and there it would be. And there it was. Chamblot, breathed Cicada, incredulous. I'll be goddamn. She jerked her head aside, away from the clammy mound of crawling flesh that was the discrepancy. Don't look at her. Don't look into her eyes, wherever they are. She held the mirror of her compact down and angled, and used it to survey the room. Hornet was on the floor in a corner, sobbing quietly, apparently oblivious to her arrival. Oh, he'd looked into Deschambler's eyes all right. Moth was nowhere to be seen, but Cicada knew where she was. Moth, baby, you in there? She glanced quickly at Madeleine, then caught herself with a curse and forced her eyes back into the mirror. A mistake like that at the wrong time, and they never straight-line this job. They'd stay here forever. It'd be drops hell all over again. The coils of tangled, fleshy worms twitched. There was a moan from inside. It sounded like a cry of pain, but not solely of pain, if Cicada had to be honest. Near the floor, a section of the writhing cords trembled, bulged. Cicada changed the mirror's angle to focus on it. Suddenly, Moth's artificial foot emerged with a squelch from the mess. Then, to Cicada's horror, the foot detached itself and plopped onto the floor. It slid along the tiles, trailing ooze behind it, and Moth's stump retreated back into the discrepancy's heaving body. Cicada felt nausea rising inside her. Moth, can you hear me? Cicada dug deep into her psych training and steadied herself. She was Moth's wife. Moth never got hysterical, and she wasn't going to either. Searing the discrepancy outright was out of the question, Cicada couldn't have said where Madeline ended and Moth began. I'm leaving with you tonight, Suga, she called out, and then Using her official voice, which was something she usually let moth do, she added, Madeleine, release my collie. Let's talk about this. If we're all reasonable, I may be able to let you retreat to the voids on your own recognizance. But you have to work with me a bit here. The glistening crimson ropes, beaded with darker droplets, parted near the top of the wobbly mass and Madeleine Deschambleurs' head appeared, twisting unnaturally to look at Cicada, trying to catch her eye. Hello, Cicada, Madeleine purred, and Cicada felt the words like a warm tongue along her spine. An arm wriggled out, pushing past the worms. It was serpentine and hairless, and the small hand at its end beckoned. I remember you, Cicada. I remember you from Maud's thoughts. I remember our bedroom. The creature grinned, and a low, fleshy snort emanated from inside her body. Wake up, Maud, said Cicada, louder now. Help me get you out. Nothing. Her teeth snapped on a mild oath, This was baffling. In the story, calling to the victim made the creature's hair open. Suddenly, Moth's voice, so muffled by the thick coat of rolling grubs that it sounded far, far away, began to drone. Go away. Go away. Go away. Cicada's skin felt cold. She knew Moth was not Go herself. Away. The words hurt anyway. Moth wants to be with you The discrepancy whispered, as do you, really? I don't know why you're fighting it. No, no, maybe no. Bracing herself against the noise, the boom-vac always set her teeth on edge. She pointed her searer at the floor. She squeezed the trigger for a continuous burst, and with her eyes fixed on the mirror, swept her arm out in a smooth arc. Starting a few meters away from Madeleine, and coming in just close enough to singe the squirming bloated tendrils. The monstrous red hair curled against itself as it blackened and began to smoke. The discrepancy screamed in outrage and slunk back. Moth's face peeked out for a moment as the thick strands slithered about. Her own red hair, usually so sleek and perfect, was matted with the gunk of a thousand worlds. Her beautiful mouth hung limp. Cicada was moving. In the story she remembered, the creature got heat rayed out of existence after releasing her quarry. This was not happening in this story. Dropping both the searer and her compact and pulling out her divisional garrote, Cicada took three running steps toward the discrepancy, her eyes fixed doggedly on the wall behind it. She hoped she was judging her distances right. She jumped straight over Madeleine landing less than perfectly on the slimy tiles behind her and slipped to the floor. She yelped as she felt something give in her right ankle. No matter. No time. Flipping herself onto her belly, she launched herself at the discrepancy, closing her eyes tightly. The worms lashed out at her, tried to smother her, strove to force her eyes open. She felt the splinters in her sanity. She fought to scorn her repugnance at the fondling monstrousness of it all. She could hold her breath like nobody's business, could Cicada. She threw the garrote over Madeleine's head and pulled. 10. Report, said Collection. Discrepancy, straight line said Cicada. She sat on the floor and looked a right mess. Moth reclined on her shoulder, and she looked even worse. She had not quite fully emerged from the trance into which the discrepancy had sunk her. Her breathing was irregular and shallow. Cicada kissed her lightly, heedless of the mucus on her wife's skin. Moth barely reacted. She only began to hum softly. Cicada put a warning finger to Moth's lips. Glad to hear it, said collection. You sound peevish. Oh, do I? Do I really? That brief was a disaster from top to bottom. We've got a retiree here we were not told about, who basically fell in love with the discrepancy. That discrepancy was known. It has, been described in a document from the first half of the 20th century. What? Never mind. Bit late for it anyway. The references will be in the consolidated report. How did you not know that Hornet was drying in this division? Where is Hornet now? asked Collection, ignoring the question. Laid out on the floor next to me, asleep, He's going to need a rewash, and then another one, maybe. He twigged to a few things as a direct result of meeting us. The madness can't be too far off. Noted. Mott needs a medic and a complete psych checkup. This discrepancy was the kind that messes with your mind. Then she remembered her own little mishap. Also, I busted my ankle pretty good. Damn right, I'm peevish. That's too bad, said collection. Yes, perfectly understandable in the circumstances. I apologize for the mix-ups. All the proper departments are being notified. Are you requesting a clean-up crew? Cicada looked at the remains of the discrepancy, which were oozing outward on the tiled floor, red and steaming. She looked at Moth and Hornet, who appeared to have been gone over by one of the specters from Ghostbusters. All of their clothes would have to be burned, and she liked that T-shirt. Yes, yes, I'm requesting a clean-up crew. On their way. Thanks. Oh, wait. Something else, she remembered. Tell the medic to bring whiskey. I'm sorry. Humor me. Collection harumphed, and Cicada felt a perverse twinge of pleasure at having got to him. Fine, he said at length. Anything else you want to say while still in theatre? Cicada thought for a second. No. Mott might have more to contribute, but it'll have to wait for the formal debrief at the house. She's still pretty woozy. See you tonight, then, said collection, and he winked off. Cicada nearly fell over. Within minutes the place was a zoo. The cleaners, reeking of vinegar and moving about in packs, ignored everybody and got down on all fours to mop and pour Madeleine's remains into the vial. The psych team were looking at their watches, tutting. The medics were eager to sling all three ops on stretchers, but something in the way Cicada glared at them checked their enthusiasm. Cicada grabbed at the whiskey bottle and gestured toward Hornet. Take care of him first. Don't forget Moth's foot. Or her cane, if you see it about. Cicada uncorked the bottle and set its rim against Moth's lips. The whiskey dribbled along Moth's chin before she managed a few unsteady swallows. The liquid burned her throat. She coughed and spluttered. What the? Why? She croaked. The whiskey? It's like a quote. Trust me. Have some more. A moment later, Moth pushed the bottle away. Her voice was still uncertain. Thank you, I think. Thank you for showing up, anyway, and for not telling collection everything. There are hardly any notes this time round, in any case, Segeda said, holding her wife more tightly to herself. I love you, Shug. A veil of wistfulness descended over Moth's eyes. I know, she said, tonelessly. Segeda almost protested. Nearly launched into a defensive tirade. Then she sighed and said, What did she want? Madeleine. Was she just trying to eat you? I'm not sure. I think she was trying to see my life. You, Nethouse. She showed me the voids, the worlds. What did you tell her? Not much, I don't think. The conditioning kicked in. Moth's eyes fluttered closed, as though she couldn't keep them open. She sniffled. She was insane, of course. You did the right thing. Cicada shrugged. There was no doubt in her mind that she had done the right thing. She did not need Moth's blessing to justify her own decisions in theater. Still, there was so much loneliness in her, Cicada. I did not expect that. She was such a well of sadness. Moth licked her lips. They walked out of the voids, And the way she told me about it, she shivered. Unbidden, her hips pushed lasciviously against Cicada's thigh. It was very sexy, I'm not going to lie to you but really quite disgusting at the same time. Yeah, I could have told you that. I knew how not to get sucked in by Madeleine. If I'd met her first, I might have twigged earlier. Yes, you said. Something about a story? That's where I got the whiskey from, said Cicada. A story by a pulp writer from the 1930s or thereabouts. American. Name of C. L. Moore. A woman in a man's field, hence the initials. I've always liked her stuff. She wrote a story called Chambleau, I <sighs> know, oh, right. First of a space fantasy series. She was referencing Greek myths in that one. The Medusa. Transplanted the myth to Venus. But now I'm thinking that she met this very discrepancy and survived and wrote about it to deal with the madness. Didn't quite work out in the end, I'm saddened to say. But I'm thinking it was the discrepancy the whole time, from the Greeks, to more, to us in this room. Something else struck her, and her gaze tightened even more on her wife. I wonder if we haven't met her, or if you will. I mean, the red hair. The golden cast to the eyes, the pale complexion, the general, um, sturdy demeanor. By God, even the slide. She wrote other things, you see. Moth snickered uneasily. That's my nerd. I should read more. It's okay. You've got me. Yes, I've got you. They kissed. Would you like to read it, though? Cicada asked. It's very good. Moth smiled. Perhaps you could read it to me. Cicada smiled back readily enough and nodded. Yeah, I guess I could do that, she said, knowing she never would. There was another pause, during which the medics began hovering around them again. Cicada held up her hand once more. Lowering her head to speak directly in Moth's ear, she whispered, I know you let your guard down today because you have a good heart, baby. But I won't always be here to bail you out. Promise me, the next time you have the first doubt that a discrepancy is dangerous, you won't hesitate to sear it to hell. Don't even think about it. Just take care of it, and keep yourself safe. Will you promise me that? Moth looked away. She took another swig of whiskey. She was thinking of Jamie. Cicada signaled the medics that they were ready to leave. I'll try, Moth said, and her voice wavered. This is Vincent Lauson. I hope you enjoyed this ninth episode of the Moth Collection. If you did, tell people about it, online and or in real life, whichever you like better. And come visit the website, which has a bunch of fun things and extras. The address is in the show notes. This one is a little shameless. It's a straight-up pastiche of the seminal story Chamblot by the amazing golden age of science fiction writer C.L. Moore. If you want to do a side-by-side comparison, I recorded Chamblot as a special side-trip episode, which will appear in your feed next week. I hope you enjoy that as well. The Moth Collection is written and read by Vincent Lozon. Production by Transuranic. I hope you'll be back in two weeks for another episode of The Moth Collection. I'm Tefera Jemian, host and producer on the Yeah Podcast. Join Yeah as we dig into young adult literature, reviewing new releases, revisiting old classics, and exploring what YA lit can teach us at any age. Discover the world of YA lit through exclusive author interviews, book reviews, genre smackdowns, and more. The Yeah Podcast available in the Cavern, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and wherever else you find your podcasts. This is our book club, and you're invited. Yeah.